0: This is Thomas Tapallo.
1: This is Max.
0: This is Kevin Hamm.
1: Hey, this is Jake
0: Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to the Green Box. Welcome to what may be our most meta episode, as. The Green Box Reviews Green Boxes. An artisanal selection of weapons caches. Yeah, right. Um, I don't remember who started this jam, which is funny. Um, but uh, someone on the net of the Opera, I'm sure someone will correct me on their name. They uh, wanted to do a little contest where people just made really simple one-page green boxes um, of all sorts and sizes. So we're just going to kind of run through some of our favorites or, or all of them. We'll see what happens and uh, toss our comments out here. I'll say my my overall comment is, like, a lot of these are really niche, but that's what makes them interesting. Uh, like, obviously, the reason that in, like, the canon, so to speak, uh, you know, nondescript storage units are used so often is because they're really easy to access, but they're also, they're all the same. So yeah, this is boring. not a bunch of those. Yeah. So some of these are, like, completely unusable for most things, but they're still, some of them are still cool. So, uh, yeah, the first one is a green box aboard. Uh, a museum, uh, the USS Lexington, an aircraft carrier that's a museum in Texas, which I think is a pretty interesting. Like, that's a good example of like it's a cool place to make agents go to. It might sidetrack your operation, but it might also lead to some. It might be fun to like you know, your guys go there. This is all all sorts of challenges involved with like sneaking on or trying to get on during a tour, and then like get to sneak away from the tour group or whatever, and you know find this stuff and then get out with you know whatever interesting things are in here.
2: I do like how the stuff is hidden on this one. I kind of appreciate the ones that are just... any. Well, I kind of appreciate any green box where it takes a little bit of getting to to find the stuff. It's not just like a storage unit. You just open up the lock and get to it. So you have to sneak off the tour and you have to look behind some of the
0: pipes and other machinery. Yeah. So tons of places where, where a handler could be like, you know, some docent, like some nosy docent follows you. And it's like, what are you doing? And then you got to deal with that stuff. Some what follows you? A nosy docent. What? That sounds like an English pub name. Uh, I know, like a docent who is nosy. What is a docent? Oh, a docent is like the, the volunteers who help answer questions at museums and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, nothing in here is like super, uh, you know, mind-boggling, but it's a good mix of like, you know, there's a gun, there's some drugs, there's some occult stuff, you know, the, the usual mix.
1: I think the temporary protection coins are cool.
0: Yeah, those are very usable. Yeah, that's interesting, because you don't need to know the
2: spell, but then it becomes just like a, a resource you have to use carefully.
0: Like, I'd almost rather give, when agents are like, quick, we need a, we need an Elder Sign, I'd rather give them, like, two of these.
2: Well, so here's here's here's
1: the one thing, is I would say that the information given for the player who has the Unnatural skill, my I'm of the opinion that that information there is something that should just be given out if someone has the Occult skill, because I think that Occult should be like the UMD of Delta Green. Because I, we've we've had this discussion before about how as written a cult is like almost yeah deliberately useless due to the epistemology of the Delta Green setting. And I'm 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 being reductive, but like I don't want players to be able to invest in something that will just fuck them. So here at least gives part of the story.
0: Yeah, and I would want someone to actually under, like understand that these are things that can be used. Uh that was all that was by Agent Obtuse. The second one's also by Agent Obtuse, the hot zone. Uh which is another uh Not easy to access. It's in the basement of a pretty pretty high security complex, full of armed guards and stuff.
1: This one is there's no there's not really a whole lot of interesting items in this one. This one is very useful because it contains all kinds of science shit and safety shit for biological operations. I think the one thing that would have made this better is if there was at least one or two. Records or interesting items from a previous operation done here by the former owners of the box.
0: Yep, I I see this as more of a like you get something you find something in the field and you have to bring it here to contain it rather than a place you go to equip before a mission. In which case, it actually makes it like like it it never made sense to take some like super dangerous artifact or whatever into some you know storage area and just leave it. But leaving it in this like biohazard suite makes sense, you know.
1: I think that. We, we're we going to see a divide in these entries between entries that are at a specific location, like, oh, this is at this place in this city in this state, and entries that are generic and can be put anywhere. Yeah. You guys know that I'm strongly on the side of generic and can be put anywhere because I just – I find it really tiresome when I'm doing an operation to
0: have to explain, like, oh, yes,
1: this is why we drafted the agent from Poland, Tennessee, to go to Alaska.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You could move this anywhere, but but yeah, yeah, for sure, it's set. It's designed to be set, you know, West Virginia or wherever.
1: I think it's fine because that adds a lot of flavor. It just makes it less useful for me. And I and I, I make my decisions based on things that are useful for me and not, not for other people. Yeah, for sure. The next item is the crate. The crate is a crate in the back of a tool shed in a property owned by uh, a grizzled boomer who is. Um, uh, a Japanese military intelligence person from World War 1, Japanese American military intelligence person from World War 2, and also a caretaker for Delta Green items and there's like a very large paragraph of text of lore about this character and then a stab block and then the actual green box starts on page 2. Uh so we've got a we've got a word count violator, sorry, a page count violator here. True. Um as for the items themselves, uh what we're going to we're going to see a pattern with with this author's green boxes where there are like so the several items that he'll give um, like multiple bullets of skill checks that you can do to get clues about the item and it's something that's like completely mundane like we're going to see one where you can find a fake oxytocin prescription and then do a bunch of tests to figure out who the doctor was that issued it that's a later green box I know it's a later one but I'm, I'm using it as an example of this is like a flavor detail that's neat but also I just really struggled to imagine the players caring enough to do the skill tests to be like, ah, yes, the oxytocin prescription, that's, that's, that's what will crack this mystery wide open.
0: See, I worry the other direction. So in, in this one, there's a bundle of like $5,000, and if you test it, it's got human and animal blood in the ink. And I worry the players would latch onto that and run off on that tangent.
1: Well, so, so we, we, Tom and I were getting to that because I think, I think um, the item number seven on this list that has a very elaborate um, ritual...
2: So it's interesting because some of these green boxes we're also going to see all the contents are really built around a single idea of like whoever the obsessions of whoever stocked it and this one basically the contents are this elaborate ritual and all the implements you need to perform that ritual.
1: Yeah. So actually, um, I kind of didn't get that until I read your text description in our notes document, Tom. That that all of this seemingly innocuous stuff are actually reagents to perform this special gun-based magic.
2: Yeah, the the basic premise of the ritual is you need to, basically you need to fulfill these very specific steps and use a large quantity of money in order to produce supernaturally powerful bullets. Yeah. But the steps are kind of, they're a little too specific in a way that kind of leaves me confused rather than spooked out. Like you need specifically a bunch of uh, U.S. Postal Service money orders. Uh, that combined reach a certain value of money, and that they need to be signed with the names of like historically very wealthy people in ink that uses human and animal blood.
1: I think the issue I have with this that you're getting at is that all of this stuff does not combine to make a good thematic fit for what the ritual actually does because it's all this stuff about money and blood and famous people, and then it just gives you extra damage at the end?
2: Yeah, I don't really get the occult link there, between you start off with all this money, and then you burn the money and you end up with a really good bullet.
1: It's certainly something that is useful to the player characters, because player characters always want higher lethality ratings. But the one thing I can think of that might be the thematic link is, in the video game Cruelty Squad... One of the late ultra late game weapons you can get is a rifle that deals damage which scales based on your stock portfolio.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so if you and so if you are a millionaire will insta jib most enemies in the game.
2: I can see that, but I feel like the whatever paperwork you have there should probably be tied into the stock market in some sense, so that like you can sort of get the connection there if it's a cruelty squad reference. I don't
1: know that it is. I think it might just be like a fun meme based on the name that he gave it. I
0: think so. Yeah, I was hoping for like a bullet that didn't do any damage, but when you hit somebody with it, it slowly like siphoned their wealth into yours. That would I feel like that would like track with the rest of the stuff.
1: It's interesting because like based on the name here, and also based on just the concept, m- money-based magic is always something that I've associated more with like the epistemology of traditional demon summoning and like the Western esoteric tradition. Like, oh, we're going to summon payment to get the payment. And uh, less so with, like, Delta Green, because Delta Green, the framework is a bit more, like, materialist. Like, you're not going to find a demon who will, like, conceptually make you wealthy. You could find a demon who could, like, synthesize a block of gold out of thin air for you in exchange for service.
0: So, I mean, I think my final thought on this green box is more like it's, it's a scenario hiding in a green box. But there's you can build a scenario around this that might make the green box fit really well. But it's not great in terms of it's on the spectrum of like being usable and being interesting. It falls way farther falls pretty far away from the usable side, unless you really need exactly this stuff, you know. So the next one is, is Old Moss Cave, which is uh, I do love the tradition of various contest entries keeping Moss Carved Arrowhead alive. So this is like a this is a green box for grugs, you know, in caveman times. Uh, so it's all written like that, which is always nice. Um, nice to see. It's got you know a a, a tome which is really just uh, cave paintings. It's got some skill checks in there. You know, it's it's a meme, but it's like it's well it's well done. It's not it's not just a meme for 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 meme sake. This one
1: is a is a page count violator, and all he would have to do is remove one word from the second paragraph to get it to get it all on one page.
0: Really, I, I don't know if it only shows on one page for me.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing it now. It's it's just over. It's got two lines that go onto the second page. And it, and I think it's probably because he had his screen displays at a different resolution than mine, because I know that when I view documents on a Chromebook, uh, which is not the one, not what I'm using right now, but when I when I do that, it it, it actually um, causes the margins to further contract and forces more text on the next page. So it's possible that he's actually got some resolu- uh, whatever resolution he's looking at it, is is actually causing it to display differently. That's one of the reasons why page count limits don't quite work as a strict rule, which is fine because this wasn't a contest.
0: Yeah, we, we didn't vote for our favorites. We just all got together and made interesting green boxes. So the the I like the example item in the back as well. Tom, you had an interesting insight on that.
2: So the cave painting that's listed here as like the prehistoric version of a tome, it's basically talking about the... I forget the the actual name of it, but it's you've seen it. It's the illustrations of like this far future place where nuclear waste is stored and they're trying to make it horrible and scary so nobody will come looking for treasure as a way to communicate the danger yeah yeah this This is is not a place of honor yeah it's there in the name this this is the honorless place is what they call it so is it is it clear to anyone who the lake tribe were i did not figure out who the lake tribe were no
1: Ferocious, unkillable rock bangers who kidnapped any who came near as slaves and were wiped out by their capricious guardian spirit long before the memory of living grug. Uh, r- story vaguely recalls the salt. Uh, sorry, story of crafty old rock banger who defeated the lake tribe by tying a pelt of wolf across his own eyes to deceive them, and they died of radiation sickness. I'm, I'm sure this is obvious to someone who's listening, but I don't know who the Lake Tribe is. I don't know why they were ferocious and unkillable and took slaves, and I don't know why... Is it
2: Fairfield? Like, Fairfield Pond? Fairfield Lake or whatever? Is this a reference to Reggie Fairfield blowing himself up with Azapoth?
1: That's an interesting possibility, and it could... So, Tom, you, you posited that this indicates that Moss-Covered Arrowhead is a post-apocalyptic world.
2: It's such a, yeah, it's such a direct reference to, like, that yeah. deep storage, like, nuclear waste thing that I have to think that's the spin he's putting on it. This isn't prehistoric, like, dinosaur times Delta Green. This is post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Everything's been blown up Delta Green.
1: So it's an interesting idea because Fairfield Pond is, like, uh, in the Delta Green lore, I'm pretty sure Fairfield Pond is, and, and like, and like the old guy's house did not get like turned into a radioactive crater because there's a when, when one of the short stories is about a um is about a delta green agent living there,
2: yeah. I th- that's not picked up in any other like stories or anything, but that's the only thing I can think of.
1: But why, but why, why would you be able to defeat the guardians by not looking at that? I'm not sure about.
0: I don't know if uh if you wrote this and you're listening, let us know if we're missing a reference or if you just wrote words that you thought were cool it's good
1: yeah it's just... next green box item is a cabin with some treasure in the secret hatch going into the underground bunker below the cabin and my my I, I think that this entry is fine the thing that i like the best about it is the suggestion at the beginning that the agents can just use the cabin To restore bond points with their family by going to the vacation to the spooky cabin.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. It's super useful. You forget all the guns and stuff. That's the most useful part of this green box. (laughs) I love it because it's just like it's a
2: temptation. It's probably a terrible idea to take your family to like the secret conspiracy safe house. I can't
1: think of any player who would stick their head in that bear trap. Like even like Agent Mosen, I can't imagine doing that.
2: I mean, Agent Mosen doesn't really have anyone he would take up there. I think he would mostly just stay there on his own to read.
1: That'd be cool, actually. That's a good That's a good piece of lore.
2: Yeah, it's a place that's a retreat, a personal retreat.
1: Regarding the items in this green box, I'm looking at the last one, which is a secret film tape from the Korean War by the CIA. And I was into it, but the actual, like, unnatural element there is just, like, numerology. It just says that the Chinese and the North Koreans are winning the Korean war through numerology and the U S should also use numerology. And I don't know. I, 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 I don't care. Like you, you, you had a cool, a cool concept, but I wish they had gone somewhere else with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, for once, for, for a study time of hours and one stand loss, you still get 10 skill points across a few skills. They're not a like, game changers. It's just neat flavor, but that's about it.
2: I think you could build that up to be something cool. You could use like, the numbers from the bucket or the last equation and stick that in there. And it just, just builds that whole thing, that little subplot.
0: Yeah, so solid. It's, like it's only fitting that I introduced the Boston Hatch Hall, um, as it is a metal hatch outside Greater Boston uh, with a steel door, a pretty, pretty pretty, standard vault um, you know, full of stuff. It's also a Patreon violator. Um, and this is probably the worst one. The last one the Patreon violator was a tacticality. By The one before that was, like, stat. Like, I'm not sure I'd count stats for, like, a a flavor NPC necessarily against somebody, but this is just, like, two pages of green box contents. So we should mock the person who wrote this, you know, furiously. There's a pretty solid amount of stuff in here. Um, I, I do hate the fact that... So mostly the green boxes have been formatted such that, like, skill checks and stuff were all bolded, which made them much easier to read. This one doesn't do that, and that annoys me greatly. Are there... I didn't even notice that. Are there
2: specific skill checks it references?
0: Or in terms of, like... The puzzle box requires five rules oh, yeah. at minus 40. Like, that should be bolded, stuff like that. Yeah, fair enough. I see that one now. And this is So this is kind of like a, like a build-your-own artifact. Like, it doesn't say, like, here's a book that has numerology in it. It's like, here's some stuff, and here's some effects that's, that can be attached to the stuff. You know, make, make, make of it what you will. I kind of like that, yeah.
2: That it gives you a list of weird object descriptions, and then separately it gives you a list of specific mechanical effects they might do. And it leaves you to kind of mix and match them yeah
0: i don't uh, I don't hate that idea it's it does make it a little more usable in terms of if you were trying to shoehorn this into your own thing, and like you you, you know your, your scenario was about you know Korean War numerology. you could use some of these attach it to your other stuff and kind of make it work, but if it's, if you're just looking for a generic green box, there's more work here to assemble an actual green box out of it I yeah, know I think that allows for a certain fun degree of personalization and surprise. That's all I got for this one. Yeah, I think that's the highlight for me. Uh the motorcycle, again another, another Patreon page count violator. Um I guess this is also someone who read uh stop repo at least once. <laughs> Although not that that's like, a completely really unique idea.
2: It it definitely jumped out to me at, when I first read it that oh this is something you could just drop in as is and stop repo and run with it.
0: So yeah, it's a motorcycle hidden under a tarp. Um and all the all the stuff, you know, that's the entire green box is is on that, you know, on or on that bike, which is a neat idea.
2: This is the one Melon mentioned earlier with the prescription bottle from the questionable doctor. Oh, for the oxytocin. Yeah, yeah, that's the. I think it's the third one here on the list. No, excuse me, that's a different item. Number two. Yes, there we go. Thank you. I can. Oh, I can make yeah.
1: sure that this that this person who left the prescription pad here was licensed.
2: I think that makes sense, though, in the context of something like Stop Repo, because suddenly it's like. Oh, this is the identity of a mob doctor, friendly who is violating professional ethics. We need to make sure they don't get burned. Yeah, I can see that. Like it, do- it doesn't really push the plot forward, but it adds some meaningful context as to why you had to grab this. Yeah, why you wouldn't just toss
0: it in the dumpster or whatever. Yeah, I do appreciate the inclusion of like a you know, essentially like a healing potion in terms of those healing bandages. Again, that's another very usable item that like I wouldn't mind giving some giving agents because it's it's useful. Although the coughs is a little uh D8 sand for D8 HP is a little a little harsher I think.
1: So what what is what it's missing is that well so it can correct permanent injuries, which is why it which is why it's a big deal. Hmm. It can okay. it can give yeah. you an eyeball back. It can give you points of stats back. The main thing that's missing is a descriptive text of why it is that it's that it's doing that. Like what a... cuz cuz one one thing that that is 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 often lacking from Delta Green effects that that deal sand damage is a good, solid description of what the what the subjective experience of the person experiencing the sand loss is. Like, I can say, okay, you cast a spell, spend the d4 sand or whatever, but in this case, like, you know, this comes at the expense of 1d8 sand as you feel your body image shifting and you can't tell where the bandages end when your skin begins or some shit like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, it also runs into the problem of What agents actually find is just a a box of bandages with weird shit on them. Like nobody's ever gonna use those. Like no agent. It's just like my skin armor thing from that old from uh, Toxic Trader. Yeah. Uh, Where like it's neat, but what agents actually get to like get wounded? They're like, well, let's try these occult bandages. I'm sure they're fine. So you need a way to communicate to the agents that like here's what these do. And I think a lot of these green boxes miss. um, Like if these are green boxes, and in theory they're accessed by agents. So th- they could just literally have a sticky note on top of these bandages that's like, you know, for emergencies only, like, you know, you know, uh, and then like, you know, like a funny picture of like a guy holding like a bleeding arm or something like that. That's enough to give the agents a hint at what they do. And I could see some cracked out like cowboy leaving that for his next, you know, the next people who find the green box. So it misses missing instructions, I guess is what I'm saying. All right. Somebody else can introduce Wayne's RV. Wayne's RV is another one that's, Really got an NPC
2: tied directly to it. Wayne is an old Delta Green agent who now kind of just travels around in this RV that has guns and military equipment hidden in every available space.
0: I really like the idea that this is a mobile Green box. So like you could be like, you call your case officer, be like, "Yo, I need, I need guns," and he'd be like, "All right, in two hours at this rest stop, some, something, you know, wait for this RV," and then Wayne can drive up and like, you know, give you guys guns.
2: Yeah, that would be a fun
0: way to do it. Like, here's your one chance take what you want and get out. And it's not explicitly written or anything, but I think it'd be funny if the, if the idea was like, Wayne, will come back to you later and expect, you know, either, either the guns returned or, like, an addition of your own to the green box. So then, like, two operations later, he can just, like, show up on the side of the street and be like, all right, what do you got? Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Nothing here is, I mean, everything here is pretty mundane. There's nothing occult or anything in here. Um, but if you need guns, he's got guns, you know? So that, that helps.
2: There's one that's unnatural. There's an obsidian knife that turns biological material into glass. But that's the whole description.
0: True. <laughs> what does that mean?
2: I feel like probably, I guess if you penetrate armor and you deal at least one point of damage, that's probably an instant kill. Or like an instant kill maybe over one or two rounds.
0: I mean, so that requires the handler to do some disambiguation. But, you know, it's a lot of, they're all one page long. So a lot of these do. Any thoughts, Max? No,
1: I think you guys covered what I was going to say pretty well.
0: Makeshift hangar, uh, you know, it's another. um, But think I did the last one so RV, so it's very pretty simple. It's a uh, it's an airplane inside of a hangar with some stuff in it. Um, You know, not super, uh, mostly mundane, but interesting.
2: There's a little bit of like a narrative to this one, maybe not a full narrative, but you can see the guy who was here before you went through some shit.
0: Yeah, I do I do like that having so you get a little bit of a narrative. It makes everybody feel like someone didn't like put this here and then leave for twenty years and you're the first people to visit it. It makes it feel like it's used. Yeah. I'm
1: I'm just really sick of finding shit covered in blood. (laughs) That's fair.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) He did say he tried to clean it out.
1: I I understand that, but like I mean I don't mean like like me a character in the world of Delta Green is sick of it. I mean, Mead Melonbread is tired of like that being the hook that lets you know something bad happened.
0: Yeah, I agree. But That's I like fair. this
1: item overall because it's just if the players need a plane, this is how they can get it. The purpose of the green box is to give the players an airplane that they can fly around, which is great.
0: Yeah, I like that. Especially if they've already. This is good if like you just have tried to use official official connections and failed or something, and then they're not stuck. All right, well, I got another option for you, but you're not going to like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I know a guy.
1: And then in the next shot, <laughs> you don't mean this guy. That's the guy? Yeah, this is a good one. I like this one. Yeah. The next item is I am living in your walls, and it's a secret apartment that is, or it's a secret room behind, um, like, the wall of an apartment that is filled with cool shit you can get into it in various ways, like climbing down through a roof hatch or going in through uh, the bathroom of the person who lives in the apartment now.
0: I like multiple ways in. That's really clever. Yeah, that's a really
1: cool detail. I like that. It's full of both normal, useful items, um, items that have to be like rehabilitated because they've been in there for so long, like all the batteries are dead and stuff. And then there is also a cool item at the end, which is an anti-scrying painting. It prevents wizards from using divination spells to see
2: you when you're when you're in the building. But then the thing is, it stops working if you take it out of the building, so you have to use it as part of this green box.
0: Yeah. That, so this makes it a very safe room, which is yeah. cool. So there's been I've seen a lot of these on YouTube where like people will be like they have an apartment in Manhattan and there's like a draft from from their mirror. They pull the mirror down. And there's like an entire another apartment in there. So I'm I'm guessing that's where uh, Ben got this. No, got it this just come. It
1: just comes from the meme. Where it's like the gremlin's like, Oh, that's a valid argument, but here's the counter argument: I'm living in your walls. Oh, well, that's less exciting. <laughs> like the the one that that is just like, I am living in your walls. I'm living in your walls. It's 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 a riff on schizo posting. So um, that denotes Ben as as a um like a, a user targeted for removal, which is a shame because he was doing so well up until now. <laughs> Sorry, like, Ben. Like being a genuinely really cool member of the community, both on here and Unknown Armies, and just across the board. But uh, I'm sorry, that's, that's The rules: one skews a post, and uh, you're out.
0: You've you've been banned because we finally read your green box entry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, I like this one. It's good.
0: No, it's a solid. Yeah, and useful. Yeah, I really like this one. So the next one is is uh, legally distinct from Platt Air Force Base. I do appreciate that he wrote They wrote everything belongs to whoever made it, which is not the way to attribute things. You can't just be like, it's just like people put like no copyright intended on a completely, like they put the full like, full, like Ghostbusters movie on YouTube. Oh yeah, <laughs> so oh, like yeah Kevin,
1: works. you're a fan of the people who made this stuff? Name every person.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so it's another plane, uh, although, it's not, although it is a, uh, it's, it's a less usable plane because um, it has malice, a malice for piloting roles, but. It also
2: has like a, some kind of
0: monster living in the engine block.
2: It can't run unless you feed it actual food. <laughs> Rabbits and popsicles.
0: <laughs> That's a great. But look, detail. Man, it's not covered in blood, so you know this is what you wanted. Get more popsicles easier than rabbit. Yeah, it's got guns. It's got some, you know IEDs, grenades. It's very, very. Uh, we need to go get armed up to do something. Yeah. you know, chic.
2: Kind of. I like that this one is a little more heightened than the last one. Not only in the sense that it's like. It's a monster plane, but also it specifically says this one has bombs you can drop from the plane. So this isn't just like you need to get eyes on something or you need to get from one place to the other. This is you need your own close air support.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one, one thing I'll say is, and this this is something that I recall from the original novel No Country for Old Men, is that one of the hand-droppable explosives in this plane is a box of stick grenades, and the issue with, with that is that um, if, you, if you just toss a grenade, uh, a prime grenade, out the side of a plane, it'll probably explode before it gets within burst radius of your target, unless you're flying pretty low. And yeah. so what, what people will do in order to like make an improvised airdroppable explosive is they'll take a fragmentation grenade, take the pin out, and then stick it in a jar so that the jar holds the spoon uh, against the body of the grenade... Throw that out. Jar shatters. Spoon is removed, and then the fuse is live. And if you cut and and if you cut the fuse down, then it's just an impact grenade because it it, it goes off when the um when the the spoon is released. But you can't do that with a stick grenade because a stick grenade is just a, a a pole handle.
0: Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, it'd be hard. Basically,
1: yeah. you just have to be a number of seconds of like gravity above the target that. The bomb would explode with it while it was within lethal radius of people on the ground. You have to fly pretty low, which is not something that any pilot looks forward to. I mean, some of them might look forward to it, but they would know it's dangerous. It's good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good thing overall. Um, I think that you should be able to like turbocharge the engine by feeding it lots of of, of treats to make it go faster.
2: Yeah, cool. give it give it give it some bonus. You can give it a sugar rush.
1: Yeah, but then like the plane starts to it starts to get fat if you overfeed it. <laughs> and don't fly it, regularly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a good one.
0: The moving truck. Uh, so another another page count violator. So you're also banned for violating your page count. Um, <laughs> this is a, a, a 15 foot moving truck. Um, which this is one of the ones where it could be anywhere. Um, it has ownership stuff in ta- in Texas, but it you know could be. Could be anywhere, um, which makes it something that's pretty usable. And then it's got a, a bunch of stuff in it. Uh, you know, a lot, uh, most stuff here is somewhat unnatural, or at least kind of like spooky. Um, and then there, there is the usual, like, you know, a shotgun and, you know, a few few weapons. There's a tome in there. So, like, he kind of covers all the bases because he, you know, he wrote two pages on it.
1: The magic painting is cool. And the creatures in the glasses of formaldehyde are cool.
0: Yep. They're neat. Oh,
1: they just have fucking John D's. Uh, aztec mirror. Yeah. For those of you not familiar, John D was like the court wizard of the original Queen Elizabeth and he one of his he had like a shit ton of magic items that he would use for just bullshit rituals cuz his 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 real talents were like as a as an intelligence gatherer and cryptographer, but he also um dabbled in wizardry and shit and one of his magic items was a um supposedly aztec uh, hand mirror made of obsidian that he used for scrying.
2: Yeah, they had like they ascribed a lot of weird powers to obsidian back in those days.
1: Yeah. Well, cuz for the for the Aztecs it was a, a um used for making tools and weapons.
0: Plus it's it's how, you know, Nezahualcoyotl taught people how to fight each other. God damn it. <laughs> no, no. They he taught them how to
1: use flint, not obsidian. I think flint has a different because obsidian is just glass. It has no actual crystalline structure. But I think flint is an actual rock with a with a crystalline structure.
2: That's the thing about obsidian. It just breaks off into thin sheets, but they're so sharp that you cut through stuff real good. Yeah. Uh, I think the one I like in here is there's the entire tome written on the inside of the labels of a box of crayons. The crayon descript? Yeah. Missed like, opportunity there, author. I just think, like, that's... An unusual, like sign of obsession I haven't seen before. Like you have to get it all down, but the only thing you have here are crayon wrappers, and then you wrap them all up around the crayons
1: again. It teaches
2: the vorish sign,
1: which is very useful. It's like one of the most one of the most useful spells in the game.
0: So yeah, s- solid
1: pile of wet mattresses.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, literally just a pile of wet mattresses inside an abandoned house, uh, which is fucking disgusting. Like, uh, you know, the the engine that eats rabbits, I'm fine with that. But pile of wet mattresses? Gross. Get it away from me.
1: This one is all... It's a pile of wet mattresses. It gives you a disease if you touch it without gloves. And in the pile are a bunch of items about why Freemasons are evil. It's got a theme.
2: Yeah, this is another one that's kind of built around somebody's obsession. Yeah,
1: and um, I I like it. I think that there's one... You can learn one magical spell from it. You can... uh. It's it's not terribly useful, but it's got plenty of flavor. Yeah, it's got a lot of
2: flavor. It's a fun little thing to stumble across. Yeah, I, I like the flavor of it a lot. I almost feel like it's just it works just as well as like another NPC stash, as much as like a green box.
0: Oh yeah, something you find to kick off an adventure or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I like that canonically in this in the in the the setting of this document. Uh, the Freemasons do actually have magic powers because they used a secret fluid to preserve Washington's living brain, and that spell actually works.
2: This is like the national treasure of the Delta Green World.
1: I was going to say that it reminded me a lot of, um, you know how in Monument Mythos there's the episode where they find, uh, they find like George Washington trapped in the ice under the Delaware, and they figure out that that was the real George Washington and the one who um, like, Fought, you know, as the general, and was the first president. After that, was the, was was a body double. Wait, what? You're not familiar with Monument Mythos? No, it's like I a, don't know anything about it, this. It, it 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 started out as like an analog horror, but it doesn't really work as horror. It's more of like an alt history setting where, um, like. The United States is powered by feeding people to different monuments, like the Washington Monument and Mount Rushmore and stuff, and James Dean has been president since, like, 1959, and America has been fighting a civil war ever since over whether it's appropriate to save the country by feeding people to the monuments. Holy and sick. in the in the lore of monument mythos, uh, the uh, president, George Washington, was not actually George Washington. He was a body double, and the real George Washington died when he fell out of a boat crossing the Delaware and drowned in the fr- the freezing waters. There's like a surprising amount of lore, and that's kind of why it doesn't work as a horror setting. But as an alt history, it's great.
2: I need to rapidly get acquainted with this because this is awesome.
1: <laughs> it's fun because there's all that there's all this shit. Like, um, there there's footage from when the um the enemies of of President James Dean, who at that point had been president for like 20 years stormed the uh, the 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 um the like state house in. I don't remember if it was in Virginia or Washington D.C. and how the um they the the president activated the statue of um Columbia on top of the, the presidential dome and it's like you know it's all how the analog horrors are all like shitty grainy videos and stuff and it like falls off and and, and starts like attacking people and shit or uh, the the Lincoln Looker is probably the one that the only one that actually works as a as a, a horror rather than just as a fun like wacky old history. There's all kinds of lore behind it, but uh, we've beaten this one to death. I think this one's all right.
0: So next one is a uh, is a is the vending machine, which is a uh, which is nice because they can hide it in a pretty public location. It's just an out of out of soda, Pepsi vending machine, but you open it up with a key or break in and don't die in doing it. Um, it's got a gun safe with a bunch of stuff in it.
2: Yeah, I dig that this one is hidden in plain
0: sight. Like I can
2: imagine this kind of vending machine and like. The corner of a parking garage where nobody actually goes to and it's sort of it's that cool kind of conspiracy flair to it that you walk by it every day and you have no idea what this really is yeah
0: like on you know on the north platform of you know where the b train stops you know yeah i'm not a huge fan of that that it's got so if you uh it's trapped with a thermite grenade that will will super kill you um if it hits you but like the only way in is either through lockpicking or getting a key from your case officer and i'd be really pissed if i got a key from my case officer and then triggered the trap and died so i would the way i would handle it is just that
2: the, the probably default state for this is you get the key from the case officer and he tells you the correct safe way to open it up without getting blown up yeah and so that's just like if the players approach it that's just the default way you handle it as a gm it's only if they're trying to like Actually, unrig the thermite grenade and take it with them for something that I would. It starts getting dicey.
1: I put a thermite grenade in a in a a, a chest, uh, a footlocker, in a scenario, but it wasn't as a trap to kill the players. It was to destroy the contents of the locker if they tried to open it um, without taking precautions.
2: And in fairness, that's the main purpose of this one. I think it says yep. that the casing of the. Yeah, it says here the casing of the vending machine provides eight points of armor, so you're not going to get instigived by a lethality attack. It's just if you're standing too close, you might get caught in the, uh, the blast radius and get singed a
0: little bit. Uh, the contents of the Zelf are, you know, <clears throat> interesting. You know, the, there's, a, there's some tannerite with ball bearings, you know, that gives you a very interesting... Um, uh, it's had a plastic mannequin head, so that's a certainly an interesting improvised explosive. It's got a silenced gun that's even more silenced than the silenced gun needs to be. Nothing nothing jumped out of me. It's like, awesome, oh, amazing, but you know, so bad. So the,
1: the best item is the blackmail material on a specific local law enforcement officer, because that is that enables a playstyle that's pretty rare in Delta Green, which is trying to subvert characters rather than just either keep them at arm's length or kill them. Uh, It goes back to what you told us about Spire, Tom, where if you kill someone, they just get replaced with someone who does the same thing, and it causes blowback on you, whereas if you manage to subvert them, not only do you take them out of the equation for the enemy, but you also gain them as an asset.
2: Yeah, that's that's not like a hard mechanical rule, but it's one of the setting details they really push, is just like, killing everyone is just going to invite all kinds of blowback that you can't keep up with. So it's better just to subvert as many people as you can.
1: But not just that it causes blowback, that it's not a permanent solution, because I think the reason why most people default to killing people in RPGs is they do believe it's a permanent solution, and they believe that other solutions are not are not permanent, and turning it on its head and saying, no, like, the safe way to do it is actually to flip.
2: Yeah, it, it's almost a little bit, I guess, like, Delta Green in the 90s and Majestic 12, like, you have to be quiet enough and sneaky enough that you don't force the enemy to come crush you.
0: Yeah, and if they're working for you, then they're not going to crush you. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: One other detail that I did like about the original Delta Green was that for the most part, and this this wasn't, I don't think, emphasized enough in the original Splats, but I remember hearing about, from a lot of people that they ran the game this way. Most people in Majestic 12 did not know that Delta Green existed. And when they encountered Delta Green agents, just assumed they were other Majestic agents because they were doing pretty much the same job. Oh, that's good. I like that.
2: I don't remember that, yeah.
1: And oftentimes it went, at, it went as far as the Delta Green agents who didn't know about Majestic, because this was back in the days before everyone had read all the Splat books, when it was still, like, new. The Delta Green agents would also typically assume that Majestic people they encountered were other Delta Green agents.
2: As you say, I can see that, yeah, if you're under that impression that... Like, this is all legit. That's fun. I can't believe i never heard of that before. It was a write-up
1: of the victim of the art that someone had had explained how this worked. Okay. So I think we've got this one under control.
0: Yeah, this one is a is a safe deposit box and it's placed in Arkham, but you could easily place it anywhere else. Um, what's nice about the safe deposit box is it's I mean, every bank has them. So they're super accessible. It's certainly not very big, um, but if you want to put some small stuff like they did here, <clears throat> you know, it's got um, some fake passports. It's got some uh, keys to a vehicle they can the agents can use. It's got a, a gun. You know, nothing groundbreaking, but a solid. My mind is pretty solid. Uh, um, you know, a solid green box. Yeah,
1: I think the the bony M record is a little memed. It Feels more like an unknown army's
0: item. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
1: Kevin frantically control Fing to find whatever the hell it is I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> no, I, just, I was trying to. I don't mean, I don't necessarily get the, I was trying to see if it was a reference I got or if it's just a, a meme record that makes you dance, but.
1: It's also, um, oh, it's got little cocapellas on it. at least that's cool. But the real question, so typically, typically the cocapella that people draw now is, like, sanitized, but um, in the original incarnation of Coca Coca-Pella, cocapella had a massive dick. Cocapella was like, um, was like the pre of, uh, was it the Hopi? Navajo. I don't remember which which um, it was one of those like Pueblo building guys. I think that had Pelle. and um, in the original lore, the reason why you, st- you stayed clear of Pelle is that he would knock you up with his Magnum dong. <laughs> but most most <laughs> most images now just have him as a flute playing guy. Yeah.
0: So the, a record that made you pregnant would be way more interesting. Than a record. That I made don't know. Things.
1: I feel like I, th- there was an item like that in Scenic Dunsmuth, and it wasn't. Um, there was a question of why uh, why this character who had it was carrying it around at all, because it doesn't seem like it benefits it benefits him to just make everyone around him as he's just walking around doing doing stuff make to make everyone around him super submissive and readable. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um. This item is this, this screen box is fine. It's it's under it's under uh, the page count, which uh, some of this guy's other entries weren't.
0: Yeah. I got nothing to say on
1: it. I haven't actually read this one yet. The black bag.
0: So the black bag is is uh it's a duff, big duffel bag. He's got it behind like uh he's got it like hidden in a man cave, but you could hide it you know anywhere. Um, it's nice that this is a pretty portable green box. The location itself uh,
2: does get a lot of detail. It's really just the list of contents of the bag.
0: Yeah, it's got some guns. It's got a, a sickle that does extra damage. You know, uh, or, or extra damage for extra willpower. So. Neat weapon. If your agents needed an extra, you know, if they needed the equivalent of a plus one, you know, magic item, or they're fighting werewolves and need a silver sword or whatever. It it's, it works, but it's not because it's a buffalo bag. You certainly can't hold a ton of stuff. Yeah, there's eight
2: paragraphs here, and four of them are
0: about the sickle, so that's really I the I think highlight.
1: one. So one thing that would have been nice, really nice, is some kind of hierarchy on the paragraphs about the sickle. Like, yeah. have the other have the other details be bullet points about it, so it's clear that. That's all sickle based detail.
0: Agreed. It could be formatted a little cleaner. And then there's like this there's a note, notebook with a bunch of like, uh, a, a like telescope coordinates. But like, there's nothing, I mean, aside from that being there, there's something else there to play with. So it's like it's almost like, you gotta give me a little more so I can latch on and like, make it interesting. You're like, what would players do with that? They're like, oh, we'll go check the coordinates. And then you're the handler. You're like, well, I don't know. Stars, Ben. Yeah, that's, that's all I got for black bag. It is what it is. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, next one is a uh, it, in the so our green boxes are getting progressively smaller now. Uh, this is a folded piece of paper slid under your door, folded four ways. So this is basically somebody sending you sending you spam. Uh, you know, uh, taking the extra the extra step to send you spam. Uh, on the paper is is login details for uh, for a Gmail, and inside the Gmail is a uh, an unaddressed email that says like. It's dangerous. You know, don't look at this. And then there's a poem about Nostradamus that gives you some occult and un- unnatural.
1: Quasimodo predicted this. Nobody? Okay. I don't remember that part of the movie.
0: What's Quasimodo? Like my balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the idea that somebody... It, the, only, the, the Not the only thing, but the thing I like about this is that if somebody slides... Like if you're at your or at a hotel for the night, like somebody slides you under the door, that, that would spook them. That could be kind of fun. But using that to give them a login for a computer... Like, okay, you know, for a Gmail account that has more details in it, it's kind of a neat.
1: Yeah, see, that's kind of a neat trick. That's way better than any of the contents that are actually in this screen box specifically. Is you, yeah, exactly. Is well, to, to me, it's like, like an actual clue. Like,
0: yeah, I, I take the first part and I just put whatever I wanted in the second part. It'd be a great way if your players were stuck to give them a clue without it feeling like you give them a clue because they were stuck.
2: This is one I like just because it's kind of a unique premise. Like I remember hearing that a while ago that. You can leave messages in drafts of Google Mail as a way to like leave trade crafty messages for people without being intercepted.
0: Alright, move on to the next one. I've not
2: read this one
1: either.
0: <laughs> so you know the van with the wizard painted on the side of it? That's what this is. This is the Shaggin' wagon. You know a, a, a mural a mural van nineteen seventy eight panel van. Yeah, so so a...
1: There, there's a there's a webcomic called Monster Pulse that some people may or may not have heard of. And before before the Monster Pulse author wrote monster pulse wrote a, a web comic called bob white which was it was a, a web comic about some art students and it was pretty good and it was fine i mean it wasn't like about a super exciting topic but one of the characters had a had a van that he drove and um the van instead of being called pussy wagon was called cunt train and he had that he had that, that those words written on it and then um like it mostly goes uncommented on for the like most of the series, and then at one point he's like in a bar with one of his professors, and he's like they're just talking about opera or some shit because he really likes he doesn't like the Baroque era. He says the Baroque era can lick the underside of his balls, and the professor's like, I just want you to know, Cunt train is the greatest car I've ever seen, and that's like the only time it's even acknowledged.
0: So the the purpose of Dragon wagon is is to give the players a surveillance van. The problem with that is that it's a terrible surveillance van because it's super unique. Like, you can't park your wizard mural van on a street and have nobody notice it. It also turns into a bomb, which kills people if you want it to, but that's not super helpful. So, I guess, I guess, I, I mean, I think it's. I imagine that the person who wrote this included the, like the wizard stuff is like a neat detail, but it makes it completely useless as a surveillance van. So that's, so that's why I don't like it. Yeah, it's
2: definitely a mixed bag on that one. Like, it's a good resource if. You take it and get it painted
0: over, I guess. Yeah, take it to a spray and paint. I mean, because it. One thing we're finding with some of the green boxes is is they fit. The agents need a thing. They need a plane. They need a. You know, uh, improvised exposed or whatever. Like, this is. The agents are like, shit, we want to do a stakeout. We don't really have the means. This has, like, you know, uh, video surveillance and and recording and all all the stuff to do today and stuff. It just needs to be in a differently painted van. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's got
2: like all these was it plastic explosives like taped to the bottom of it, and if you like use the cigarette lighter, that sets all of them off.
0: So the next one is is you know arguably the best one here, written by a true a true genius, just someone who really every time they put pen to paper, it's just gold. Kevin, Kevin,
1: Kev, Kev, I think you skipped Hemingway's reserve. <laughs> no, <laughs> Kevin. Ouch. Uh, so th- this is not this uh, this one is a, a green box item that is uh, in the water. It's hidden, and you have to get it out. But what I do dislike about it is that you, being a mariner instead of a normal person, instead of putting, like, where it is in normal people terms, you put the lat long and then said the southernmost point in the contiguous United States. Just tell me just tell me where it is.
0: <laughs> that was entirely intentional. You
1: hack.
2: <laughs> so I looked it up. It's in the Florida Keys, right?
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's off just west of Key West. Cool. Um, and I, I think I might have had the name of the key there, but I did have to trim for page count.
1: You mean you had to trim for page count? You, okay, so so the, the location line, you have the lat long, you have the 1,000 meters south of the blah, blah, blah. Um, you could have just put 1,000 meters south of name of place, comma, the southernmost point in the United States, comma, in about 30 feet of water.
0: That's true. I mean, there's no way to be sure, but...
1: I mean, I can make a copy of the document, and, and we can test it. But <laughs> Kevin, um, I like that you can get the you get the treasure out of the water by using the winch. Yeah, and then because
0: I was like, this thing would definitely float. Uh, so how would I make this work? So it's like it's hidden. It's got a pelican case that you you get over it. You Bluetooth to it. You, you winch it up. You grab whatever you need, and then you put it back.
1: I do like that that you can figure out you can figure out where the cable goes underwater using deep investigation. <laughs> <laughs> get it. Alright, so you can get you can get like lots of shotguns and treasures. Um, a, a, a Thompson in ten millimeter auto.
0: Which was a, a real Hemingway had a bunch of those. I mean, obviously, I built. He a had basis he had it in Hemingway. ten millimeter auto. Yeah.
1: Didn't that cartridge come out in the nineteen eighties after he died? I
0: don't know. I I, made, I did some googling and found gun, like, Hemingway guns, and that was one of them. So this one clearly
2: is. If you haven't picked up on it yet, this one is also built around a theme.
0: Yeah, yeah. The theme is Hemingway and. Cocaine. I gotta
2: be honest. I'm a lot more interested in the handwritten note about J. Edgar Hoover trying to have Hemingway killed than I am about one of his books. But... Well, there,
0: there, there's some facts. It's like so. Hemingway worked for the FBI for a little while, but then he was like, in true me fashion, he's like, "You people are all idiots," and he quit. He's like, "The FBI is a bunch of buffoons," and then he got super paranoid that they were following him.
2: Well, Hemingway. Did he fight in the Spanish Civil War, or was he just a writer? Like, was he just a war correspondent? Um,
0: he was a medical runner of type. So he, you know, so war hero is not an, an uh, uh, is an apt thing you can call him. So, he, so
2: basically,
1: the majority of foreign fighters from uh, on the, on the Republican side in in Spanish Civil War were not used as like combat troops. they were used as medical runners, ambulance drivers, and other non frontline shit because the 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 Spanish government was really paranoid about getting all their foreign volunteers killed. Yeah, and the the nationalists were the same way. With a lot of them, like they they actually sent all of the Irish soldiers home, uh, pretty quickly after they realized that it was gonna that, that they were probably gonna get massacred if they actually used it in battle. They were happy to they were happy to use the um the Nazis and the Italians.
0: Yeah, he got when we did like, mortar fire and got up. Still, drive people to safety. You got a medal for it, a fire call but he did like get like super paranoid until the end of his end of his life so like it's not it's not just a conspiracy i invented that's a pretty uh
1: but i think what i think what tom was suggesting is that the fbi probably had him under observation because anyone who fought in the spanish civil war was suspected of being a communist if yeah. he fought for the republicans that's yeah. exactly that's what, what i was saying yeah thinking. and his
0: writing was a little you know, it wasn't the most nationalist writing.
1: I, I I don't know what you mean by that. I've never read anything by Hemingway. Ah,
0: so, probably my probably my single favorite book is *Sun Also Rises*. I love it, but it's fine. We don't need to do it. The uh the shotgun is the shotgun is is the shotgun he killed himself with. That's why I included that in there. Um, yeah, that's about it. I just wanted a neat Hemingway themed thing. I wrote it in like two hours. I'm happy with it. I don't know if it'll ever get used in anything, but that's pretty cool. It's fun. It's got enough nifty stuff in there to be. Both useful and have flavor. I certainly would steal the the mechanic for another green box if I needed to.
2: Yeah, I think that's fun. Like it's another one of those that it's got a really fun way to access it that makes it unusual. Uh what about the next one? Reserved for you. So so this is essentially a grave stone that has just the words reserved for you on it out in a field somewhere on somebody's private property. So you just have to dig down into the grave, and then inside the coffin is all the contents.
0: They keep it pretty vague. Like there's a this Arabic writing that can give you a ritual. So it doesn't give you what ritual it is. You have to go figure one out. But that might be useful in terms of if you know your agents need something for this adventure, send them here, and that's the ritual they find. There's a lot of Arabic in it, which I'm not sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using Arabic writing, but I'm not sure. it doesn't doesn't really tie into any greater theme. Like if this is hidden in a field in like West Virginia, I'm like, why why would it be Arabic here? It does remind me of like I think the creepiest fucking gift you can buy someone is a grave plot. Like ugh. people still do it.
1: I like that special chain that prevents you from projecting but gives you free armor. I think that's cool. Um, although, like preventing you from projecting, I don't know how like useful that is when the average Delta Green player does not know and has to be reminded every time. How do you and do six it? armor
0: is pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think I think what it should what I would do is I would say it gives you one one point of armor but it can be stacked with other worn armor. Cuz armor stacking is armor stacking in, in any game is more powerful than any individual piece of armor. The ability to stack armor is always better because it means that you can just essentially get infinite protection. Cuz like in Eclipse Phase there was a very and it's, I think Shadowruns the same way. There was a very specific combination of items that all had the can be stacked tag and so you would like spray print yourself with armor spray and then get this one type of... Because there were two levels of armored skin and there was one that didn't have a stacking penalty. So you get the armor spray, the armor skin, The um, there was like a body stocking that gave you one armor and then you would stack like all the armor mods on a suit of body armor and then a helmet and you'd stack the mods in the helmet and you'd get to the point where like nobody using a hand weapon could damage you. Like you could, you could fight a... Uh, a Titan War Machine in hand-to-hand combat, and it would try and like get its get the use use like its knife attack or whatever, and the knife attack does like 2d10 damage, and you've got 20 armor, so it's like watching a guy struggle to open a jar of marinara sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but Delta Green, Delta Green was actually the same way in the handlers, in the original draft of the handlers book. In the original draft of the handlers book, most of the monsters had claws that dealt d6 damage, and I think one of the comments that I and a lot of other people submitted was, "Look, this means that this monster cannot hurt someone wearing." A, a plate carrier and helmet so you should give them some arm penetration
0: yeah yeah so i like that i like that
1: the speci- the indigo magic powder is specifically a nano machine that gives you um random skills
0: yeah I, I do feel like that raises more questions than i can answer as a handler
1: not no i think i think that um uh it, there's one of the first green box items that i ever wrote was was that it was a um an applicator that Causes the nano machines to build new memory structures in your brain to give you skills.
0: <laughs> and, and again, the, getting increasingly niche. The next one is a parking sign outside of a Piggly Wiggly in Mississippi. Again, I do sort of like the hidden plain sight nature of it. I don't know how necessarily practical
2: it is, but like it, it's cool that it is something you can see and are familiar with out in the world.
0: I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like the the gate. They essentially gate behind a lock check which if you fail, like doesn't there's no, no fail forward mechanic with that check. so That's not great. Yeah, it's not impossible.
2: It, it, the luck check determines whether it's out in the parking lot somewhere or whether it's like locked up in a shed, in which case you've either got to bust your way into the shed or you've got to flash a badge to someone in the store to get to it.
0: Yeah, I, just, I mean, yeah, it's just it feels like you roll up, you'd be like, where is it? Make a luck check, and then be like, oh, "I guess we're just gonna check everywhere." But you check anywhere, everywhere anyway. I guess. I mean, I'm, it's a nitpick. It's, I'm not saying it's like the world's worst written green box, but it just that, that that irked me a little. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think the
2: luck check just determines the stakes of trying to get to it, rather than like actually being a wall that stops you. Fair. You
0: know, inside you the the light bulb that basically gives you the vorg sign for ten meters is what oh, one, one, one
1: more thing in the I would yeah. say in the location paragraph, just like tap enter once please
0: yeah formatting here because that big that's politics. a that's
1: a paragraph that takes up half the page just you know just a little bit of spacing would, would go a long way
0: yeah so i like the four sign i think 10 meters is a little tight for a radius should, should it just i think it should just
1: be like within the light bulbs aoe like any yeah. where it casts light rather than giving a specific radius I, think I guess then you have to figure out where all the photons go
2: this is interesting. When I, I misread it the first time and I thought you just like smashed the light bulb and it created a burst of light that had that effect. I reading it now, I see that you actually have to like screw it into a light fixture.
0: So I think what I would do is I would like I would get a car battery and hook it up to a light thing and then I put like a one of those like doggy safety cones on the end of it. <laughs> so that I could use it as a kid basically a big voice sign projector. Yeah, yeah so one of
1: that. one of the first screen box items I ever designed was a uh, a wooden tube with a flashbulb on the end that had a a, a mummified hand inside, making the warrior sign that you could use as a as an underbarrel warrior sign for a weapon.
0: So that's helpful. Uh, a bunch of money um, always helps too, and luckily it's not just like a sack of cash; it's a bunch of debit cards. So it's a little bit more interesting than just a sack of cash. Is this
2: a reference to like the Finnish Korean hyper war? This tone. Yep. Here? Oh,
0: is it? Geez, I didn't even catch that.
2: <laughs> I was like. I was ninety nine percent sure just because of ref- a reference to the Great Finnish Empire. That's less exciting.
0: Well, it also doesn't doesn't
2: give you anything.
0: Or they you know they leave it up to the handler to give you like anything from it, and that's annoying.
2: And I do kind of like that that it's that it leaves it up to you whether it's real, because then you can just be like, it's a meme in universe too. Like it's the exact same as it is for us. Like somebody just spent way too much fucking time
0: writing these forum posts about it. So this is, a, this is Fit For You. It's it's a 24-7 fitness center with the green box being a locker inside of it. Um, I, it's another hidden in plain sight one, but also probably the most populated one because some of those places, even like three in the morning, have crazy people working out. So it may one of the nice complications here might be actually trying to get some alone time. It's true. There's probably
2: fewer people if you come
0: in late, but
2: it also says there's like a security guard around if you come in in the night. I like that the... The space itself is pretty well detailed and I like that the contents of the green box are generally pretty mundane. There's like one pistol but then there's also a bunch of just toiletries, toothbrushes, a change of clothes, uh, a laptop, and a like a card scanner for cloning some of the cards to get in and out of the building.
0: I also like the helpful note from someone else which is like here's the wi-fi password, here's the safe key, safe combo for the thing, you know here's where to Here's where to get a car if you need one. So that's like, those are like super useful. Yeah, it's interesting
2: because it feels more like a an actual spy's kind of cachet. Like a lot of stuff you could use just to blend in and look like you belong. As opposed to guns on top of guns or weird criminal evidence being hidden.
0: This it's not covered in blood, right? <laughs> True.
2: Well, it's covered in Vaseline.
0: Look, he said he didn't want things covered in blood. You can't complain about things covered in Vaseline.
2: So I do like the image of that one, that the the one weird item is there's a big jar of protein powder that's full of vas- Vaseline, and it's got this, like, speaker in it that just keeps blaring away,
0: even though it's not connected to any power source. This is the second item that we've seen tonight that makes makes you dance. Is that weird? Because the record in the, I don't remember which one it was. The they safety deposit box. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't think it's weird, but I think this is one there. I think the image is the strongest part of it. It's not that there's anything bad about the mechanics. It just makes me go kind of eh. I would have, I probably would have just kept it to the first paragraph, followed by if you hook it up and try to listen to the signal, you will hear all about this uh, voice of
0: Heshme. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of an odd visual it's weak study time. You only get three unnatural for it. It's not great, but you could also replace, always replace that with something that actually fits your scenario. <coughs> All right, what about the next one? The Green rare Book Collection. So this is at a public library somewhere.
2: There's just a private collection uh, that's kind of surprisingly well-guarded. You have to talk to the head librarian in order to get the code to go inside, and you need an appointment to talk to him. So it's another kind of hidden-in-plain-sight one, and it's just for tones. <laughs> they just for tones, but it still contains a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Hollowed-out dictionary hiding a PO8 Luger in good condition.
0: Yeah, a couple rituals, or you know, uh, two rituals. One summons a beast, and one does. So is that another? Is that another dancing ritual? <laughs> is that a third dancing ritual?
2: Which one are you looking at?
0: The Bunny of the Worm. It requires you to dance to perform it, but it doesn't. It doesn't force. I guess. I guess it does force you to dance in in terms of if you want to complete it, you have to dance. Well... So, yes. It is the third item that forces you to dance.
2: It doesn't compel you to dance against your will. (laughs) Fair. Uh, I like that there's two unnatural ones and there's two that are odd but just mundane. Like, there's there's a defaced copy of the Bible and there's... A collection of novice poetry written on paper bags is the
0: description. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think that one's fun. That is probably the one I would want to add a little something weird to, just because it's entertaining to me.
0: Matthew, thoughts? I know uh, you mentioned that tomes are tough for a short contact. A I really, so I, I'm going
2: to say I really
1: dislike the delta green like tome format where you have to like write ten separate pieces of information, language study time sand reward or or, sorry sand penalty skills i don't know why but every time like i write a tome i i want to include something in a descriptive text i just hate i just hate having to do that every time and it i don't know i found i found these tomes to be like kind of forgettable i i I don't i don't like
0: them fair uh what about the next green box which is only over by pagecon because they included a picture <clears throat> excuse me, it's a decommissioned U, uh, Air Force storage bunker. So it's on the side of a former air station, which there are quite a, quite a few around the country. Um, it's just a storage bunker that you get, a, you get a key to, um, and then the contents are six twenty-five kilo cement bags. Um, and then, you know, some of them are fertilizer and some of them are, um, contain these roots and then there's a bunch of, uh, instructions on how to plant them. It's kind of a one trick pony. I mean, there's really nothing else in here aside from, you know, messing with these roots and things. Um, Say no, no gun though. So that's that might be that might be a first. Unless I just unless I just missed it.
2: No, I don't think so. It's really it's not too much of a green box. I feel like because it's there's stuff in there, but the highlight is really this unnatural
0: object that's inside and like the life cycle of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more of a scenario like seed than a green box. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> so it's more of a scenario of root than a green box.
2: Yeah. Like you can use it as a green box. There's certainly a list of contents inside that would be useful, but so much attention is given to these roots that it almost feels like a scenario hook to me. Like somebody comes in and starts trying to grow weed in here and then they find the roots and that gets out of control.
0: So, so what about the roots themselves? Are they, we find them interesting, interesting mechanic or are they lacking or what? I mean, Eating the root makes you not feel hunger, but that doesn't seem super helpful. That feels like that's cool,
2: but I, I kind of want to dig deeper into that. Is it just that you don't feel hunger, or do you not need to eat at all? Oh, that's that's a valid distinction. Yeah. Sorry, I'm taking another moment just to reread everything about the roots.
0: Yeah, of no course.
2: It does remind me a little bit of the the fact that they once you encounter them you start get really hungry. It reminds me of the mold from Control, which have a similar. They come from another dimension, yep. and they take—they have this smell that makes them really delicious because they incubate and like start growing in the bodies of people who eat them.
0: Yeah, I'm so I'm not like super enthralled with the roots. It, again, it it's more it's less of something I all my agents interact with, and more that my agents would have to stop like the local weed growers from interacting with, like you mentioned. So that that hurts it a little bit. But your thoughts on the. Air Force bunker?
2: Uh, no, I think we've said my reservation about it. All
0: right. Uh, Canadian connection is another uh, two pager. Uh, so it's got a little. It's got a little bit. It's got a guy, uh, an NPC you can meet who flew uh, planes for the Royal Canadian Air Force. It's got a uh, little homestead that he has. It's got a little bush plane. So another plane with a bunch of guns um, and a homestead with also a bunch of guns. Uh, not much else here. Yeah. Like, to my mind, I don't know why I would use this over unless you just unless you needed the plane, but there's this other green boxes that have planes that are a little simpler. Um, the, it's just a, I would just use a green any other green box full of guns. Like nothing, nothing here is like nothing. It grabs me, you know.
2: Yeah, this seems like one to use over one of the others if you really want to use the NPC tied to it as yeah. a recurring ally.
1: Also, there, there's like there's a full page of weapons, and then just. Stuck in the middle is a handful of occult and religious books, including a couple of files from M-Epic. That is yeah. so much more interesting than, like, a Draco yeah. AK pistol in 762 by 39 with some stuff, and an AR-10 with, like, a full paragraph of attachments, uh, some shotguns with a full paragraph of attachments, an AR-15 with a full paragraph of attachments, and also... Yeah, it could be separated better. No, it's not, it's not that it could be separated better, it's that I just don't, I don't need this much detail. Like, this is just a lot of... I mean, it's cool to give them attachments because you know the players are going to buy that anyways. But, I don't know, I just... I think that, that the detail was not distributed the way it should have been, and more attention should have been spent on the the wizard shit, since that's what differentiates this from all the other green boxes that are also a big list of weapons. And I think, yeah. I think this one suffers from being at its position on the list, because by the time we've reached this one, we've already read several pages of green boxes that are a plane and also weapons.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also like so the there's a Marlin 1895 and it's got uh, which, which is a gun and it's got a leather wrap, leather stock with a dreamcatcher stitched into it. It's, but like, tell me what that does. You know, does that provide occult protection? Kevin, so, Kevin, that's neat.
1: Kevin, it's just the Mar- It's just the the gun from um, New Vegas. It's the brush gun, or sorry, um, medicine stick. It's the medicine stick.
0: No. Well, either way, like give it some mechanics so that makes it make give me reason to take it. You know.
1: I mean the reason you take it is that it deals more damage and has a higher crit rate than the base version of the gun
0: <laughs> you know what I mean also um I've
1: seen a lot of people accidentally use the check boxes instead of the bullet points because they recently added the checkbox feature and it's right next to where the bullet point feature usually is
0: Oh, okay. oh that's true yeah I didn't even notice that I just thought they used use you know square bullet points so
2: this one does seem to be deliberate because at the top it says use a checklist or oh use I didn't I didn't notice that yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, apparently right. deliberate, so you can pick and choose what you actually want to put in these places. You don't have to put everything, you just can choose a couple.
0: That makes the ridiculous list of weapons a little less bad, because you can only give them a few if you want. Like, it being a shopping list rather than a, uh inventory is a little, a little more helpful. Yeah. So it turns out we just need to learn how to read.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say it's bad, it's just like, the person who wrote this, their inches clearly lie in a different place than mine are. Fair,
0: yeah. What about the next one?
1: Roderner's gas station. This is one where I think the concept is is the most interesting part. It's a it's a place that Delta Green uses to smuggle weapons to uh, quote anti mythos militias south of the border.
0: <laughs> That's like, I, yeah. Tell me more.
1: There's some details about how the there's some NPCs that don't give a shit about anything, and then the contents of the green box are in a toilet stall, and they are uh, a gun. Some crack. A picture of Ronald Reagan.
0: Which gives you a ritual. Yeah.
2: I like that it's like a version of a scrying ritual that requires you to take coke in order to pull it off.
0: It should have been crack, not coke. I mean, I know it should have been, it should have been specifically crack if they wanted to make it more of a fuck you to Reagan. Well,
1: it should have been crack so that you could use it with the crack rocks that you find in the green box.
0: Yeah, that too. I do like, I do like the ba- you know, gas station bathroom as a dead drop that works. You can put it anywhere; and hit, sort of hidden in plain sight.
1: I think the best part of this is definitely the um, the concept of Delta Green smuggling weapons to quote anti yeah. those
0: militias. The second best thing is the fake ice badge, because every agent every agent who is not a cop always wants cop credentials. All right, what about the drainage ditch? It's a culvert on the side of a you know side of a road. It's, again, pretty much used anywhere. Um, although cover or one side is buried under sand gravel is much of a culvert. It's fine. Kevin,
1: that's like pretty common in rural areas for the culvert to become unusable due to like. Oftentimes, the only reason why a culvert exists on a highway access is that the um, the owner of the of the land was compelled to bill it build it as part of um, getting a connection to the highway because they don't actually they don't actually care if stormwater discharges on the state right of way. So uh, the culvert is filled with items in various uh, packages. It's also filled with creatures. Um, It says that there can be spiders, rats, raccoons, possums, or snakes. One thing that I uh, have heard is that large enough culverts will actually have um, hogs living in them, like wild hogs. Yeah, they can. Because wild hogs like to have you know channels filled with water to slosh around in.
0: I do like the collection of uh, access keys for traffic, like traffic control devices. That's handy. Could could be handy at least, and something I don't see very often. Same with the extra license plates. Um, you know, they're clean and you could use them on, you know, a non clean car. Anyway, um, the only thing in here that's like, well, that's really a cult uh, is the correspondence between Martin Van Buren and Dr. Peter Fucker, which gives you some medicine and unnatural.
1: Isn't this, this is probably a callback to the brain ritual for President Washington.
2: So a lot of these guys' entries have had kind of. Weird occult obsessions with the different presidents because he also wrote the one with Washington having his brain removed and the yeah. Freemasons. Yeah, but he also wrote the the special library connection that I think had, uh, was it Ulysses S. Grant? There was a story about him hunting a werewolf. It was one of the presidents hunting a werewolf. Yeah, brother, yeah, brother B. Hayes, excuse me. Yeah, if you go back through this guy, see, also, he ha- that's kind of his thread is that there's some weird occult tome involving a u.s president getting up to weird shit yeah that's fair all right now
1: the next entry is the closed gallery
0: yeah we can we can probably skip that one though right it's
1: closed what are you gonna do with it (laughs) yeah it's
0: too bad time to go uh this is your entry tell us about it
1: uh this this entry is an adaptation of a a dungeon entrance from the first esoteric enterprises game i ran coal city blues in the original presentation, there's a dungeon entrance that led down to the, uh, the fairy grotto, and the entrance was guarded by a troll and an ogre who were always arguing and uh, playing like lawn games in the closed gallery. And the players would get in by climbing up the cliff outside and going in through the window. I turned pretty early, but I feel
2: like by the time I got there, the players had already passed through and was kind of business as usual getting inside, so I don't remember any of these exhibits.
1: Right. Well, these exhibits were not in were not in the the module. These exhibits were added for this for this document. Okay. So just the framing is taking from taking from it.
0: I feel like you're just like add some weapons. Which is, which is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. allowed
1: I'm allowed to do that. That's my list.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like here's some weapons. <laughs> uh I me mean, said, so "Did you have a theme like a particular theme here you just wanted interesting oddball art or like what's your what was your
1: Uh my theme was that uh all of the All of the magic items needed to have some practical use, and then there needed to be some non-magical items to ensure that not every item in the collection was magical.
0: Yeah. I like the silk shirt that transfers sand damage to physical damage, because that's super helpful.
1: It is... the The one thing is that some of the items' effects are not obvious enough to have the players actually use them. I think that there need to be more ways for the players to discover that, like smoking the cigars, is a remove curse, or that the silk shirt does that, because that's a kind of thing that could easily just instant instant kill you if you use it in the wrong circumstances. Or actually, yeah. I'm gonna go further than that. I'm gonna say that, as written, there's kind of no reason for anyone to put on the shirt at all, because the, yeah they would just
0: assume it's bad
1: right. Well, they would they probably would just assume it does nothing. Like the the worm amulet is at least like oh an amulet will give me something in exchange for something else or. The crown that doesn't do anything—I could definitely see someone immediately assuming that the crown is magical because typically that's an item that would give you powers.
0: Yeah, I like the spear because got, you got to like turn it on first. That's cool.
1: That's one that I think I didn't directly take it because I didn't—I didn't actually reference this document, but I know that obtuse had special coral spears in his deep one weapons document.
0: I think it's solid. A lot of some of the even the mundane stuff has really evocative text, which is kind of your kind of—I would say—one of your trademarks. So, yeah, well done.
1: That. None of the items here, except for the spear, have any specific connection to a, like a specific Delta Green canonical creature or group, which is, I think, fine, because unless, unless you really think that the players are going to dig deep into the backstory of every item, you don't need to explain absolutely everything about every one.
2: I think my favorite is the 12 foot tall human skeleton mounted in a walking pose.
1: Yeah, because that's a super super common conspiracy. Um, it's popular with young Earth creationists, especially. But the allegation that archaeologists and soldiers and geologists and oil workers in the cradle of civilization are constantly digging up giant skeletons from like the time of the Bible, like <laughs> okay, this guy's this this is a um, an LOM or not LOM? Uh, fuck, what are they called? Nephilim. Nephilim, yes. A Nephilim or uh, the Amorites were the giants that were descended from the Nephilim or um, King Og's descendants were also giants. There are lots of giants in the Bible and so there's always this, this these stories about people digging up giant skeletons which are like super, the, the, it's like mostly photoshopped images but they're super cool to look at. It's like all those stories about finding the caves filled with like mummies that are two feet tall but in reverse. And for those of you not familiar, the Rube Al Khali, also known as the Empty Quarter, is the place from *Declare* where they found the Wabar meteorite.
2: It's from *Declare*. There's also kind of an oblique Lovecraft reference in that uh, Irim, where, yeah, yeah, the nameless city and Iram, city of the pillars, like this fabled lost city was.
1: Well, that's that's not just Lovecraft. That's also um, Philby, uh, Philby the Elder, the dude who. Um, the, the dude who, like, is the real guy who inspired the legend and Declare, he actually went to the Empty Quarter to look for the ruins of the Lost City. Yeah. Because that was actually, when Lovecraft wrote that, it was based on, like, real rumors that that's where it used to be. The Empty Quarter, for those of you who don't know, is a big-ass desert in Saudi Arabia. It's one of the, the most desolate places on Earth. Because most, most deserts will have, like, nomadic guys that, that travel across them, but... This is one that I'm pretty sure I mean I'm I mean I, I don't know for sure. It might be one of those cases where like the official government line is nobody lives there because that gives them license to turn the whole thing over to the oil companies. But it's like one of the least inhabited places on Earth next to Antarctica. It's my understanding. But yeah, Irem is um, Irem isn't actually in the Quran. It is it's a, it's actually in like the, the, the holy book, but I think that, that the idea that the location of it is in um is in the empty quarter is something that like archaeologists used to posit. The next item in our pile is The Bloody Dream by Agent Obtuse. Basically, you go through a secret mirror by using a ritual, and you enter a blood world, and the blood world is filled with blood treasure. Um, I think that this, both in terms of how you access it and in terms of what it is, this is an Unknown Army's Other Space, not a green box.
0: Is that because of the access, you're saying?
1: I'm saying because of the access and because of what, because of the theming. I'm saying basically yeah. everything about it is is more appropriate to that setting.
0: I would say just based mechanically, if it's going to cost me a default part to enter this, it better be plus on, on plus sand. It better be really cool shit in here. It better be insanely useful stuff if I'm going to spend that much just to get in.
1: I think it's it's a, it's very cool. Cause, so so but but specifically whether Pattinson made or found it. Wait, wait, no. It specifically says at the beginning that's in other space. I'm not even, I'm not even like accusing Obtusive of anything because he admits it at the very beginning that it's, this is, this is an unknown army's area transplanted at Delta Green. It's cool though. I like it.
0: Yeah, it's got some evocative stuff.
1: It's too bad that it's all useless except for. I don't know why this absolute hack thought he could get away with just putting a link to the weapons table.
0: Yeah. I don't know we'll who. Would never who that the slide. hell would
1: do that? I hope someone got fired for that blunder.
0: I is is now banned. you see plagiarized melon bread. What are
1: you talking about? I would never do such a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so my biggest critique is that it's, the barrier to entry is too high for what's inside, but it's like neat stuff. I just would be annoyed if I paid Will Power. Yeah, I,
1: I think that there here. should be like maybe more of a benefit to getting like the blood or whatever.
2: I think conceptually that it's a green box you visit in your dreams and then anything you take in with the, with the dream or take out can transfer back and forth between the real world. I think I just kind of, yeah, that's really cool. I just think to go back to something you said at the very beginning, a a whole landscape of just blood and meat doesn't really phase me anymore.
1: The issue is that like the blood world is already pretty like, that's a concept that's kind of been bled dry by just like lots and lots of media properties and so on about flesh worlds. And flesh landscapes and, like, the blood ocean.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, What about our last entry? This is also one of yours, Max.
1: Yeah, the last entry is The Secret Apartment. It's based on lore that some of the old public libraries in New York have apartments above them that were uh, formerly occupied by library staff, typically the people who um, ran the coal-fired heating systems. And a lot of those are just abandoned and boarded up now to stop... um, Cause it's like a security thing to, you don't want to have spaces that are not accessible to the, um, if, if you have a space that then, then you have to like patrol it to make sure that no one's squatting there. So just sealing it up is more economical. Um, but this one is filled with uh, items and to get in, you must go up on the roof and remove the plexiglass. This is actually a real detail that they were talked about in the article uh, remove a plexiglass covering over a dumbwaiter shaft and then climb down.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I like how if you just smash it open, the, the handler, it's like, or the case, office, it's like, man, what the hell? M2 flamethrower, that's uh, that's solid. Yeah. I do like the pill bottle that makes it so you can. Um, the gummy that guarantees success on a ritual, that's super helpful. Yeah,
1: I, I make, fun of, make fun of, I make fun of, I roasted Obtuse for his Unknown Army's Ass Green Box, which, by the way, Obtuse, if you. Would like to um, get off your ass and contribute to Special Orders, we would be very happy to have you. Um, I make fun of him for his Unknown Armies and Delta Green bullshit, but this is pretty much the same thing. Like, I literally, after writing this, had just come out of an Unknown Armies game where I let Tormson's character get guaranteed casting by eating a special chili pepper.
0: Fair. But it works in DG. Yeah, it probably, it probably should have some kind of. Specific, I mean, uh, well, I guess the ritual. It's costs not. Yeah, anyways.
1: that's the thing is that is that it ultimately is not actually like saving you that much. It's just saving you from failure on a d100 roll.
2: It's also like it says there are only four, so it's a limited resource too. It's not like for the rest of this twenty session campaign you're good.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's fine to have items that are just an unambiguous positive if they are a consumable resource and if creating them has a cost. So, like, if you just find these, it's a windfall. If you wanted to make them, you'd have to pay something. Um, the angular ring of polished bronze that lets you faint instead of taking sand yeah. damage. <laughs> I like that. that is, that's a rule from Trail of Cthulhu. And it's a, it's a good rule, I think, because it's intended to simulate, like, what actually happens in a lot of lovecraft stories and other stories by mythos type authors which is that the character passes out from the fucked up revelation and it says and ba- basically you can mitigate incoming stress and sand damage by passing out and in my opinion that's in delta green how we talked about this that's you know how delta green you have fight flight or freeze and everyone either chooses fight or 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 flee because freezing is just a death sentence but i think that if you gave people the option, if they froze, to, instead of freezing, pass out and reduce the sand damage. Like, you pass out, you get, maybe you get amnesia for that specific incident, but you don't take any sand damage. That would be a much more interesting trade-off, because you're still, like, removing your ability to play the game, but you get some benefit from it, instead of just, why would you ever choose this? But anyways, this is an item to do that, because my understanding is that most people are not going to just adopt my random-ass house rules.
0: No, that's a good way to do it. I like it.
1: And then the the other stuff is just uh, things that I thought were interesting ideas, like the um, the lollipop murders. Because one thing I've I've been trying to recapture for a long time is the feel of a lot of the older Delta Green shit, where it was all of these gross urban legends about stuff. Because I like I talk a lot of shit about the green job, the green box generator, but there is some cool, some really cool like early Delta Green content in there.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, we've been going on for quite a while, but parting shots on green boxes, I I. I think a lot of these are really awesome. I think even the ones that aren't awesome still have neat shit in them, and you know, uh, I'm glad the community you know came together and put a bunch of these together because there's definitely stuff. Even if I don't pull the whole green box, there's definitely stuff I'll pull from some of these for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that the focus that people have is clearly different. Some people wanted to make something that was generic. Some people wanted to make something that was like pretty had a pretty specific use case. I think that one thing would have been that that would make this whole collection more useful is if these were annotated in such a way that they describe the use case right there on the cover. So that if I was if I was looking through this document I could pick out like there these are the three that give the agents an airplane. This one has no special items in it but is useful for giving the agents a place to like do science shit or contamination yeah. shit. Um there's a couple in here that are just mundane weapons stores. And there's there's a couple that That have nothing in them, but give the place the agents a place to hide. Um, I basically wrote at the beginning of all of mine: uh, the first thing you should do is insert any plot relevant items that you want to put in here, because I assume that's why you put the green box in here. But a lot of people, that's not why they did it. Anyway, I've I've talked a lot of shit, but I really enjoyed this contest. Thank you to everyone who entered. It's not a contest; it's just a green box jam. Just a jam.
0: I've liked our jams more than our contests. Yeah. I like to see the community collaborate and come together. Well, on I think
1: I think it's not so much jams versus contests. It's just having something that has a lower barrier to entry because these do not need to be play tested extensively. They are having a one page limit is super helpful. I think the best the best contests and the best jams are the ones with a relatively constrained scope. Because you might have noticed that our scenario contests on Night of the Opera are getting fewer and fewer submissions, but the shorter the shorter exercises are getting as many as ever, or even more. And the reason why the Shotgun Scenario Contest is so great is that it gives you a pretty strong excuse to not have to, to do a lot, of, a lot of work on things that are normally a lot of work in scenarios, like writing a lot of what-ifs or if-thens.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Anything else? You're good.
1: I had a third submission that was the or the rail siding that was an old hazmat car that had just been left on a a, a rail siding for ten years because that's super common. Yeah, like that happens. And uh, it would just be full of green box items, but I didn't. I couldn't think of enough interesting items in time, and I got embroiled in a um, a discussion on the uh, on the in the server voice chat that went until midnight.
0: Oh, I'm sure you passed that deadline. Well, I mean, write it up for the next one, yeah. You know?